0: before you get off the golf course today you could have some moments that will change the course of your life
1: hello and welcome to the golf practice podcast my name is Andy Hayes with me as always is Peter Donahue godfather of golf Pete it's so great to to be here anytime in the summer where we
0: get to Catch up is a real pleasure. Absolutely, I, I you know, we're. I, I hardly see anybody around here anymore. I know yeah. everyone's scattered to the wind, and I see you uh, in and out, and every every place I go, you uh, make an appearance. If I'm at the <laughs> driving range in Deerfield, if I'm at Canal Shores, yes, you know, I'm there. Ubiquitous. Yeah, yeah.
1: yeah. Well, I'm just, I'm just like following in your footsteps. You know, I'm like the shadow, <laughs> and then now you're returning <laughs> to all these places and. And I'm I'm there. So, um, so do you have any? You know, what's the what's been on your mind lately? What's the state? Of, what's the state of your game? A state of uh, maybe anything. Te- I saw you teaching. Yes, you know, two lessons back to back to back. That's more than I usually see you do. So yeah,
0: yeah. No, I'm getting back into it. You know, I'm uh, I'm not. Of course, I'm not out out there uh, in the uh, in the internet anywhere that uh, anybody can find me. But I am. Uh, available through referral and uh and that's and that's how it's kind of going along and uh uh it's been very 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 nice because uh for the overwhelmingly uh you know the people that i'm with are uh, are excellent students and uh and i was with two people yesterday who who definitely are diane albert and uh luke karis and uh and diane um was uh is a very very conscientious person uh and and somewhat uh conscientious in the extreme in that she you know really tries to remember and uh, and operate her swing through the executive function mm-hmm. of her mind rather than uh, at her athleticism and uh and so accessing that and cutting through all of the uh, the strictures of her, you know, conscious, uh, efforts, uh, is, um, is, isn't, is a challenge and she's willing to take it on. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so at any rate, we were employing, uh, an exercise and, uh, kind of an approach that Stan Utley introduced, uh, everyone to in his last visit, Uh, for, you know, pitching and chipping the ball and getting the feel for what's really meant by letting the club do the work and operating the club um, in a way that it will make things easy to pop the ball up in the air and hit very soft shots. And you've made, by my my view, as I've watched your students, uh, you know, pitching uh, recently, you've made great profit from that uh, that bit of, lo- yeah, of kind like learning. hybrid
1: did you start with a hybrid or, yeah we
0: started know. with a lofted wood and uh, yeah. you know and just uh, you know putting energy into the the ball and and you know going through the uh, the um, challenge of communicating ideas you know it's yeah. like uh, Diane and her as we did it in her particular case we got to be just kind of flippy and at the bottom of it and still catching the ball on the upswing you know rather than letting her body just kind of turn over her lead leg and let the let the gravity fall the club into the ball but so I I was I'm delighted with the challenge of that because it um, you know so many aspects of you know what people's habits are and trying to uh communicate you know the idea of of swinging the club head back without you know m- moving the whole y shape of the shaft and the and the and the arms uh you know joined at the hands on the grip um you know is a, is really a challenge so so <laughs> it was it was really. Uh, it was a good exercise for both of us and uh, you know now we'll see what what you know this is where you know in a lesson like that you, you would like to see the student within a, a few days you know to really see the, uh, the effectiveness of the communication what they actually walked away with and Luke Karras uh, is a, uh, a young man who uh, came to me sometime back <laughs> he had a i think we might have talked about it his father had a gift certificate that he'd kept around that i had written out years ago in fact probably 20 years ago and uh, and i had said and for the, the the value of the gift certificate uh and for the expiration of the gift certificate i'd said the value was priceless and the and the give and the expiration was over my dead body, and so, <laughs> so when he called me, I was really, uh, I was really, uh, it was amusing as hell that he yeah. kept Wait, it around. This guy me.
1: was using that gift card yeah. gift certificate.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um, and I mean, I mean, so he
1: called you, and he's like, "I have a gift certificate." I have a
0: gift certificate. He <laughs> what said, said what "I've had gift it gift in my card? office for years. It makes me laugh every time I look at it." And I thought. And then he read it to me, and I thought, "God, that makes me laugh." You know? <laughs> <laughs> so oh my God. I had to be, uh, you know, a man of my word. <laughs> I mean, Over my dead yeah, body geez. is like a pretty specific just... expiration. But was date. it
1: was it a specific? Because I mean, you kind of like started companies and worked at the companies. Was it? But was it like a Peter Donahue? gift certificate or no it
0: was an old it was the old academy it was a green Green to tea tea. gift certificate Uh,
1: so you could have been like you know we haven't been in business for yeah i could have 12 years i could have
0: but my signature was on the bottom of it so so at any rate uh luke came in and uh he uh, he had a a golf swing that um came away you know very flat and low around his his uh his hips and then swung way, uh, inside out. And he kind of hurled his body at it and he shanked it and he scuffed it and he hit behind it. And so, so at any rate, getting him to, uh, helping him to retrain out of that habit and, uh, 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 was not, not a, was a quite a significant challenge. And, uh, uh, and he's still going at it, but he's a wonderfully, um thoughtful and uh patient young man and so he's you know he's he's understanding that it's uh you know that it's a t- it takes some time and he's v- very very willing to uh meet sort of the intermediate goals that one has to have in a process like that like you know oh i'm starting to change the path of this thing uh, oh i'm starting to hit it solid even though you know, he's he's put together a, a very strong grip, and, uh, you know, and, and so when he hits it straight, it tends to hook. And yeah, so sure. he's okay with that. Yeah. You know, he's okay with missing it 50, 60 yards to the left as long as he hits it solid. And now, And so in any case... That's a long way of saying, um, that pretty much describes, you know, the kind of people that I've been working with, uh, not all of them, but most of them, um, pretty, uh, willing to accept that it's, it's, uh, it's not just, uh, drop the quarter in the slot and, uh, you know, get a new body and a new golf swing, you know, instantly, um, I did meet a man recently who was referred to me who I think is a little bit of that. He <laughs> he was heading for uh, uh, the Glen Club on Thursday, and uh, I cautioned him. I said, you know, golf is, is the kind of a, of a game where you really always have a choice when you go to the golf course. Like, are you going to work on your swing, or are you going to play the game? Mm-hmm. And if you're going to play the game, you're going to play it with the shots that you have confidence in. If you're going to work on your swing, then you're going to not kid yourself into thinking that you're you're really yeah. going to play good golf, right. you know. And that's your hope. And he he clearly, by his statement uh, about what he was going for, was uh, ambivalent, <laughs> you know. And so I suspect that he uh, uh, he crashed and burned. And that it'll be a while t- before the bleeding stops, and I hear from him <laughs> again. <laughs> oh, um,
1: well, it's good, good stories. Um, so I, you know, have you have you listened to our? I assume you've listened to our staff trip podcast. Oh yeah, The draft.
0: Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 I'm very excited. People
1: are actually listening to it this year. I've been tra- last last time we posted it and. Everyone just skipped it, but, <laughs> <laughs>
0: which I don't blame
1: them for. No, it's so, very
0: much an inside story. Yeah, but they
1: they're, they're mm. into it. This, so you know, um, so I've been you know as I announced on the the podcast, I'm gonna you know I felt like for the sake of my team, I'm gonna use uh, use modern equipment. Yes, or, as Todd Dempsey calls it, cheater. You know, the cheater clubs. So, <laughs> um, yeah. You know, especially one of the events is a scram- is a scramble, and so I was just like, I would be you know, with a hickor- with a wood driver, you'd be pretty useless. You know, with some of our right. some of our hitters that we right. have here. Right. So so it's it, it's um, so I so I've been like started to swing them again, and it's been a little bit of like a learning a learning process, and um, in the way of uh, a first first when I the first time I did I played maybe just played like a handful of nine hole rounds with it, um, with the clubs. And the first time I just felt like uncomfortable over the first shot. And so I just gave myself tons of instruction on like what to, do. you know, I just like, like I was swinging the golf club for the first time. And it was, it was like, it was a disaster. I had a, I had a playing lesson. I mean, disaster and disaster meaning like just playing bogey, you know, bogey golf. So, which is not that good for me. Um, Mm -hmm. on hold, you know, I hold two at, sunset valley i like snap hooked the ball there's out of bounds left and i like snap hooked a drive like so hard like so far left it just shot straight into the trees and then shot straight out <laughs> onto the what you know the the front tee box and so i was like it's like what's going on you know so you know like everything you know, everything's getting off just giving myself like tons of instruction wasn't wasn't like quite working great um but then i like slowly was able to just kind of I think I just calmed my mind and just tried to like hit shots and it still felt a little uncomfortable, but got, had some good, you know, some decent stretches. Um, and, but, but one thing I've noticed is that from playing the, you know, the hickory, the persimmon clubs for so long, I've had like a deeper knowledge of what makes a good, what makes a good swing, like a good shot. And so like I have this miss with the hickory club that's a little bit like low and heel low heel shot that stays really low and, and like misses way off to the right. And I like know what that swing is and I know you know, I know when the ball is gonna gonna do that. And so one of the in one of the days it was whole thirteen at Sunset Valley, I hit I hit the shot with my modern club and it was that swing. It was the swing that I know is like my tendency of a miss that's like and I was like kind of Following through with one hand, it wasn't going to be good, and but the ball just went like straight down the middle, like three (laughs) hundred yards. So that's uh, that
0: was interesting. uh, That's a very good description of the differences. Yeah,
1: but but it was it's fascinating to me because before having hit those other clubs, I never would have known the distinction between those those two swings. Yeah, you know, it would have just felt like a good you know a good swing to me, and so I think what happens with Especially for me with driver, which hasn't always been my favorite club is like my swing gets into like maybe just like worse just like worse places that that I don't really notice until it becomes like too late right and then you have to like find like try to bring it back mm. and so um that's at least my working theory so it's it's interesting to me to see how they can work together and how it's actually helped help my understanding of just the club in general that you don't quite get to know with Absolutely. the other ones. Um, and so um, in this, I, I still don't feel like I'm I'm fully back yet, but I have, I found uh, this, I found this, a new golf book, which is rare for me to find. Um, and that's part of the reason that this, you know, we called this podcast to to order, right? I have, it's sometimes we'll read some, it's like we need to talk about this. Mm-hmm. And so um, I have found this this guy, his name is Stephen Yellen, and he I, he actually he works at David Ledbetter's Academy with him, and he is the guy who studies a lot about how the brain works and how the brain produces motion uh, mm. and fluid motion. He wow. calls it. Yep, and so he, we're going to go through some of his stuff here, but a lot of it backs up. You know stuff we talk about in podcast all the time from like a lot of like the tim Galway stuff or vision 54 or these things of kind of getting finding ways to get out of your own head he talks about how the like brain science actually supports these things <laughs> which is pretty cool because you know sometimes we've talked before of like when you do some of the you know the inner game of golf exercises people don't really like it because they don't quite understand why it's working or it doesn't they don't feel like they're owning the ch- you know the change Enough, and so uh he has pretty good ways of of kind of talking about it, and cool. so I, I first found him from a this um let's see it was a a post he somebody must have must have sent it to me or um because he he posted on facebook which am I don't have that, but I sent it to you as he was talking about um about going on a trip to paris, so I'm going to read this and i and then we'll get into some of his books he said. Let's say you're going to Paris for the first time. You go online, you look at all the pictures of Paris you can find. You want to know what Paris looks like. When you finally get to Paris, everywhere you go, you compare what you saw online to what you are actually seeing in person. I call this the comparative mode of thinking. This triggers the prefrontal cortex to go online because it's the discriminating intellect that compares. Let's switch to golf. You're over the ball about to hit a shot. You tell yourself you're going to hit a good shot. In the next second, as you initiate the swing, the prefrontal cortex, the killer in the golf swing has to go online because you set up the comparative mode to compare what you wanted to do to what you now are doing. The result, timing is compromised. Tempo is compromised. The whole swing has the potential to be compromised. He says the solution, don't set up the comparative mode. How do you do that? I would be curious to know your thoughts. <laughs> so he doesn't give us the answer. But uh, I've spent a lot of time thinking about kind of what he means. And my, my overall summary is that there are certain things that you can do, uh, for example, like comparing your trip to Paris with, you know, your actual trip to Paris what you, with what you thought your trip to Paris would be like, that that activates a certain part of your brain. And when you do that in golf, it activates a part of your brain that actually like, doesn't, isn't helpful to you. Does that do you do you, do you agree with that? Mm-hmm. That I understanding. Do. Okay. And so, um, so I never. I guess I had. Did, had you thought about? it? Have you ever thought about it in that way before? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. So then I. I got his book and it shipped took a while It kind of took him a while to ship it to me, but that's okay. you yeah. get it
0: from him directly I don't know. I got it on
1: Amazon, but it like it said like usually ships within like six days, which is a weird so he might have it might have been from him directly yeah. um so he it's like so it's kind of hard to know where exactly I want to start um but basically, I guess it's similar to what he was what he was saying there is like his main idea is that when you activate a certain part of your brain, the prefrontal cortex, it makes you play worse golf. And the kinds of things that the prefrontal cortex likes are uh, analyzing or comparing or judging or kind of like giving instruction, such as like move put, move your hips in this way, put your hands in this, this place, use your wrists like this. It's all, all other things like don't hit it left, don't hit it right, uh, you better hit the fairway. All these sorts of things are actually – um, causing the prefrontal cortex to work, and they're actually making the this other part of your brain called the cerebellum that produces fluid motion. It, it like overrides that part of your brain, and you don't have the same ability to access your
0: your skills. Wow! Yeah, yeah, it's very that's very cool. It's like, uh, yeah, it's very cool. I mean, I I I've thought of it uh, as different nervous systems and i don't know maybe you know that that has some accuracy maybe but you know when you 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 because you had sent that to me prior to um or somewhere around the time that i was playing a round of golf over about about a week ago uh over at sunset valley and uh uh and so I guess I think it was after the round I was thinking uh, thinking about it because yep. you you know the quote ends with I'd be interested to hear sure. about your your thoughts and so I was playing the long sixteenth uh, hole yep. long for me uh, you know which was a, a drive you know between trees on the right and pond and reeds yep. on the left and uh, and then another wood shot and. Uh, and I hit t- the two balls uh, uh, nicely, and was up uh, off the green to the left, uh, just short of the green to the left. And so I had about a 35-yard pitch, and uh, the pin was cut in the front left, and it was just above a false front. Mm-hmm. And so I was I was looking at the shot and uh, and thinking uh, interested about it because I thought, well, gee, if I if I really wanted to, you know, practice this this shot or, or hit this shot close, I'd take an eight iron and I'd hit a, a low running pitch and I'd let it climb yep. up the hill. Uh, the other choice was, you know, was a, a lofted wedge and see if you could lob it the correct distance. But the pin, and the pin wasn't cut very far away from the the top of the, the front there yeah the, the false front mm-hmm. and so that would have been a you know a, a challenging shot so you know I was I was thinking about it uh, and in interested in both shots and I elected I said well I'm just gonna you know I'm gonna go with the with the lob and um, and I I remember I didn't st- study it terribly hard but I I definitely was flashing images of both shots in my imagination. And, uh, and, um, and in my rehearsal, um, my, you know, what other people would call practice swings, you know, I let the club swing to and fro, uh, and let my body engage in a kind of a creative process. And, uh, I don't, uh, sometimes I, I deliberately stimulate it by going to what I think is going to be a too short shot and then a too long shot mm-hmm. and then kind of let my, my mind find its own way to an appropriate yeah. middle ground. Um, but I remember, but, uh, but I stood up and I, and I remember, th- you know, thinking to myself, you know, in, in that preparation that the long grass was going to create a little bit of a drag. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, you know, let that find its way in, and I hit the shot <laughs> and uh, and I had this you know picture of I'm very good at tossing balls um mm-hmm. uh, you know for distance and um and so i uh when I was a kid, I remember I didn't have any uh connection whatsoever when people would draw analogies like oh just swing the club like you're tossing a ball and I thought that doesn't feel a (laughs) thing like tossing a ball from the first place it's a one-handed toss and now this two hand this doesn't relate at all to me but now anymore it it sort of does and so at any rate I was uh, I I, when you sent me that uh, that that uh, passage you know I was thinking about that process and how images just sort of flashed through my mind, and I uh just sort of reacted to those things, and then was so delighted and surprised to look up and see the ball flying and land. It was like my mind is like a genie, all I have to <laughs> do is image something and it yeah. comes true, you uh-huh. know and uh um, so at any rate, you know that was there wasn't any conversation about oh i really need this to make my par yeah. um you know if i miss this it will mean that i yeah. made a bad decision you know sure. any of the things yeah. that i might be thinking about mm-hmm. on another day in a different circumstance yeah
1: yeah he um at the beginning of the book he says the the thing that the biggest thing that he learned that kind of unlocked some of this for him in his in his research was when someone told him that the that muscle memory is is stored up the same way like money is stored up in a in the bank for you meaning that any time you Basically, in the bank, anytime you put money in there, it just stays and it, like, keeps growing. And all you have to, you know, you just access it, you know, following the rules, right? Um, So he's like, the same thing is true with muscle memory in golf. And that the reason that um, it feels like we don't, it doesn't always, like, stay at the level it should is because we're accessing it in the wrong way. And so that is, he, he talks about how, like, everyone you know, a common complaint is, like, I can hit the ball really good in the driving range, but I can't out on the course, right? And so he's, like, he's saying, he's saying, if your muscle memory, if you can hit good enough on the driving range, you know, not that you hit every shot perfect, but, like, for me, I could hit, you know, before the round that I played where I snap hooked a ball, you know, straight left. I didn't hit a shot anywhere close to that poorly on the driving range. You know, I hit probably 10 or 12. They weren't all perfect, but they were, you know, they were out there and they were in play. And so... I think that's a an example of like okay well now on the course like did i just forget that that muscle memory or was i you know giving myself too many and too many instructions and too much to do and so because he says that when you the, the reason that that swing thoughts don't don't really work or they don't last long enough is that when you're let's say your swing thought is um well from let's see what would my what would mine have been um something about keeping the club, uh, keeping the club head outside the hands to keep it from getting too far behind me. I I remembered that that worked for me last year. So I was trying to try and do it again. Um, but when you, when you give yourself that swing thought, you now like have activated that part of your brain, um, that now is like looking for more uh, that your brain starts looking for more instruction. (laughs) And so like, as soon as that, motion the keep the club head outside of your hands and take away as soon as that motion is done your brain starts looking for like okay now now what do i do hmm. whereas if you didn't have it as strongly he, he talks a lot about like you can have these thoughts or ideas but you can just hold them you know a lot like more softly and like quieter in your mind hmm. as opposed to like this big overarching thing that you have to do mm-hmm. um that because if they become they like dominate the mind then like that causes you to perform a lot worse than hmm. you otherwise could
0: mm-hmm that's great that's wonderful I mean it's you know it's a um, for years and years and years you know uh, people have observed uh, you know that if you're just uh, you know you're just casually knocking a putt up yeah. to the hole yeah. that an uncanny amount of times it goes right in the hole uh-huh. and so you know, that, that's been, a, there's been a real dilemma. Like, should I do this all the time? Should I like not care or like act like I don't care? I mean, I can't tell you, and I'm sure you you, you may very well be do, doing this yourself. How many times in a lesson I'll be demonstrating something? Yeah, you just, you know, swing, you know, blah, 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 do this, swing it like this. And then if we're going over to that target and I'll chip the ball and it'll run and and I'll look back at the student, and then I'll hear, "Clink!" You know, the ball hit the flag and go in the hole. And the student's eyes are, of course, at the thing, I'm wondering, "How in the world did you do that?" Yeah. You know, and it's just like you say, you know, it's it's a, it's holding your intent, in in a very light way, and um, and uh, and but a light, but I mean, it makes me think about Lee Trevino because lee trevino would uh would when he was uh when he was in his prime and probably still now today would almost talk his way through the entire shot you know his mm-hmm. caddy was herman and he'd say herman i'm gonna blah blah blah, blah <laughs> i'm gonna hit this thing and, blah, 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 blah. and you know last week i was at the market and and mm-hmm. boom you know he he just steps up and does that little dance of his you know mm-hmm. that and, uh and nails it right down the middle. Well, I, I think you know a lot of people just thought, well, he was the Mary Mex, That's why how he did things. And I think he was as cagey and smart about self his operation of mm-hmm. himself as anybody who's ever played, because he knew how to keep that side of his brain at bay. Yeah.
1: Yeah. He. Um. So. So. What. He, the way he kind of talks about it is, he. He. He's like, let's say you're about to make a swing. And let's say you have multiple goals. Maybe you have two swing thoughts. You have how you want to shape the shot, how far, how high you want to hit it. Um, and he's like, you need to take all of, these, all of these factors and kind of like find a way to blend them together in your mind, like a, like a smoothie, he says. Mm-hmm. And if you, don't, if you don't blend them, you, you don't necessarily get, it, it's not whole enough um he says the brain brain physiology loves wholeness it was designed to operate most efficiently when it experiences wholeness and it is weakened when a part of the swing or the shot breaks wholeness meaning something starts to dominate over something else Mm. Mm -hmm. so you know we've all seen that happen like in lessons and stuff but it's always been it's hard to describe you know teach the student that what they're doing or their default setting for some of the stuff is, is not the most helpful, right? Like, yeah. someone who wants, like, a bunch of swing thoughts throughout the swing, like, it's hard to explain to them why that isn't the most helpful way to go about it. Um, right? It's just, say, it would just say, well, don't, you know, hit a shot without thinking, <laughs> you know, yeah. like, were you thinking too much? And it's like, he's like, well, you can still have these thoughts, but you're just trying to hold them in kind of a, a different way.
0: Definitely. I was giving a lesson the other day to a good, great guy. He was a lefty, and I'm a lefty, and he's a terrific athlete. But he suffers from a, a kind of anxiety. Uh, he's gotten himself to the point right now where he's sort of yippish with his his driver. And when when we started working inside, the thing that was amazing to me was, you know, how he could. He would just step up, and his first swings, right out of yeah. the golf bag with no warm up, would just be piped. And I mean, this guy, you know, can hit it like you. Yeah. You know, okay. I mean, he can hit sure, it well sure. over three hundred yards yep. Yep. and hit it straight. But by the by the eighth or or ninth shot, yes, he has uh, he's missed it hmm. in the way that he misses it. You know, which sure. is a big ass hook. <laughs> okay. And so now he's looking for like, what should I do? You know, should I take my takeaway? Should it be this way or that way? And then and as as you said, well, I, I'd never seen him outside before, so I met him outside, you know, last weekend, mm-hmm. and um, and that the pattern, that same pattern of starting off, striping it, uh-huh. you know, hitting an eight iron a hundred ninety yards, like what? uh and and then all of a sudden a miss and then a correction sure. and then pretty soon he's hitting the, the ground 3 inches behind the ball and I mean it's just it's just Man. incredible so you know um so his his when he, the ball curves uh, hooks yeah. his fix is to tell himself to to swing it more out or mm. inside yeah, out right. right so Correct. now we He's pushing his pole, so yeah. to speak. And uh so at any rate, I you know, I was trying to lead him in the way that you're describing. And so here I am a much lesser athlete taking his lefty club and and asking him to get into his imagination and hit that flag with his driver that's like sixty yards away from you, mm. right? And yeah. then hit a hit a little a uh, pull cut at you know at the next flag now so i've taken the club out of his hand and i generally left-handed coming back would get in the same mode that you were describing yourself in you know like way too much instruction mm-hmm. so now i'm just going to i'm going to hit a, a low pull cut that's going to start to the r- right of that sixty-five-yard flag and fade mm-hmm. back, and I and I've said, you know, I, if I nick that flag, that'll be pretty good, oh. and I'll be damned if that, that's not exactly what I did. And <laughs> you know, some, and and him seeing that happen,
1: yeah,
0: knowing that I'm not a, you know, I'm not a natural, yeah, left, yeah, batter sure. from that side of the swing, like. Yeah, yeah. How how did I do that? You know, and I, I to be honest with you, I you know, I, I ask asking myself. You know, how did you do that? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although you know, I've started to get into that mind more and more. Getting people to to appreciate that, I'm so glad this guy's written this book because you need it's helpful to have that kind of authority because we've known about this stuff for years, but nobody's, I don't know, you know, been an an authority to support us. Yeah. You know, so we're out there trying to preach the gospel and like (laughs) they're, they're half believing us and, Mm -hmm. and they're going to believe only if it works. Yeah. And then if it does, even if it does work, like Galway found out is like, student goes, well, what did I? What do I have here? I feel like Jack and uh-huh. the Beanstalk. You know, I've just got a bunch of worthless beans in my hand. <laughs> Aunt Manuel De La Torre was a great teacher and taught up at, I think it was the Milwaukee Country Club. I used to have a student that would see Manuel, and he'd come back and he'd say the same thing. God damn it, Manuel gets me to hit it so damn, but I got no hook to hang it on. Uh-huh. You know, because yeah. Manuel would get him into that image sure. mind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he and he just didn't believe it. He thought you had to have the executive yeah, function. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. Know. Um,
1: so he's got some ways to to practice this. I've tried a couple of them. One is um, similar to stuff that at the Vision Fifty Four people do. Um, one is before as you as you step up to the shot. um, Oh, other thing that he says is he's, he says at the beginning of the book, he's like, if you ever are like, uh, hang your hat on like these things being your secret to good golf, he's like, it's not gonna, you know, it won't work. He's like, you just got to kind of hold them, hold them loosely. It's more about the intention. Um, so, so I like that he has that part of it because sometimes, you know, in these books or these teachers are just like, Here's the secret to golf, and he's kind of like this will this will help you, but not if you not if you like expect it to be your your savior um and so so the one the first exercise is um to say as you're stepping up to the ball to just repeat the number nine in your head over and over as fast or just whatever feels natural to you then right before you're about to hit, you pause for a second, and then during your swing you think the an, a long number nine and that and you just hit balls by doing that and so that's that's a fun i've tried that i hit i hit actually some of the best shots i've hit all year while trying to do that because it just gets your mind and then he's like if you have a trouble doing that you have to hold you have to do it but say the number like hold it softer in your mind like more like the inside of your mind as opposed to like 999 nine, nine, you know what i mean so mm-hmm. there's a difference of so there's like practice of like how you would have a thought in your head and so that has a way of like that, again, like turns off that, like the prefrontal cortex part of your brain and just lets you kind of swing, swing freely. Cool. Um, the other one is like imagine, you know, imagine you're hitting the most you know, important shot of your life in like the highest stakes tournament or event um, and, and think about how you feel during that. And then imagine that instead of hitting the shot, you were to just set the club down and stand up straight and just kind of relax for a second. And he's like, what would the difference be in how you, you know, feel in like those two scenarios? Mm -hmm. Meaning, right, like if you're just standing and not even holding a club, you feel pretty relaxed Mm -hmm. versus like over the ball, you feel a different way. So he he would then you would practice on the driving range or even on the course, like he likes to do scales and measuring stuff. Right. So, like, Mm -hmm. you know, if standing there not holding a club is a, you know, a one on the scale of you know, stress or, or tension. And then the, uh, you know, when you're actually hitting it is like an eight or a nine, you just like work to try to get it better and better. Um, and then the last, he's like, you need to have, you need to be accepting of every outcome that could possibly happen. And so, um, that when you do that, it actually free, you know, the brain is freer to, to move
0: fluidly. Yeah. You know, no, without, without, without doubt, you know, that, that, that's what I've been experiencing recently. i played another round of golf a couple of days after that, Sunset Valley. I was over at, uh, Glenview club. Um, and, uh, I was behind, I'd hit my ball on the 11th hole, which is a par three. And I'd, I'd hit it right over the flag and everybody was cheering for it and it looked great. And then it just you know bounced on the back of the green and went into the rough and there was a general groan mm. from all these members because they knew that that long grass and back of the green and then the downhill side hill shot that i was faced with yeah. was just going to be no chance yeah and um and you know what uh, the what uh as I was swinging my club and feeling the resistance of the grass and just finding, you know, myself feeling that let go that Stan had, uh, had coached us, you know, about that pitch and that I'd seen your students, you know, making and all these things danced in my head. and uh, But the, the very last thing was the acceptance of... Mm-hmm. Any outcome, and I pitched the ball out of there, and it and uh, it landed, and it about you know it flew about 15 yards, and it rolled and it rolled and it rolled and it rolled, and it, rolled and it ended up three feet wow. south of the hole, and it was like, and then I knocked it in for a par, and it was like, uh, awesome. Well, there was no, you know, there would have been no chance. Sure. I mean, I've chipped yeah. the ball like crap all year, and it's all because. Of it's yeah. exactly what we're talking about. It's like trying to be so correct and mm-hmm. and not really swinging, but being very very firm and with my hands in the club and you know not letting go physically, not letting go mentally.
1: Yeah,
0: you know, and um, it's such a delightful experience. It's uh, you know and and you know when people say you know how do the pros do it. How did how did look at Brian Harmon? I sure. Mean, you talk about a guy who just embodied that last weekend in the in the Open Championship mm-hmm. at uh, Royal Liverpool. I mean, it was just amazing. Yeah. Um, what do you got there? Is he, that your book?
1: Yeah, yeah. This is this is the book. Oh, I, well, I love it. It's whole nice so pamphlet. Cool yeah, I know. I read it in like a day. Um, he's got a quote. Where is it? tiger? You know, every good book has just a Tiger Woods quote. He said. He said there are many, there are many putts or many shots where I don't remember hitting. I remember seeing the ball flight. I remember preparing for the shot, pulling the club out of the bag, and once I'm behind the ball, I'm walking into the shot, and I don't remember anything until I see the ball leave. So he's kind of saying like the professionals are just really good at doing this of kind of like zoning in and turning off the the chatter in certain parts of their mind. Um, he one of my favorite things he talks about is he calls it a a dna goal dna and i think this is just the fun the funniest part of the book and he says the dna goal needs to be buried buried um the dna goal is the embedded goal in a sport he says you never have to tell a basketball player when they're about to shoot the ball that it would be a good idea if they actually made the shot but yet you know that in golf we tell ourselves I have to hit the fairway. I have to miss the water. I have to make this putt. I have to hit it on the green. And that, those are just, he's like, those are obvious things. They're true. (laughs) Like, you know, your brain knows that they're a good idea. You don't have to remind yourself. But yet when you remind yourself of them, that again, like, doesn't let your brain work as good as it could. Hmm. Um, He's like, the body, he's like, he says the body has no, he's like, the body has no ability to make, to make a swing or make a movement. That all movement starts in the mind so you have to use your mind in the right way. Yeah. Um, And so then he talks about like when you're playing now, like if you, if you know this stuff and if you've maybe practiced it, you know, on driving range or something um, you're when you're playing and you hit a bad shot, you're just trying to notice which one of these like tends to get in your way. Right. As opposed to going right to like a technical fix or something i would go to i would always go take a a tempo fix which is usually pretty good better than some other things but i think now i'm gonna try it a a little bit a different way of just like oh that wasn't actually you know it it was a bad swing that was caused because i was afraid of of the water or something you know or because my mind was racing too much and so now that's actually what i have to work on as opposed to my swing
0: yeah so yeah i think uh you know for those of us that are, um, you know, trying to get better and feel yeah. like we do have to make some, you know, modifications in how the club works going mm-hmm. through the ball, you know, it's a it's a practice becomes a, a an intentional shifting a, mm. of the mind yeah. from intention to intention as you go along. And Pilates, you know, would say, well, you you know, your mind, uh, you know, in doing exercises should be on a wheel. Hmm. In, you're checking in. You're, your awareness is shifting to different aspects of your body. And are you holding your abs? Are you, you know, relaxing uh. your arms? Whatever it is. And, and in practice, in golf, it's sometimes you are molding and working on changing your plane or... You know, getting your hips to do something different. And as long as what your your focus and your measurement is, is that, like, oh, did I do it? That's the outcome you're looking for. Mm -hmm. Not like, did I do it and hit a good golf shot? Hmm, Sure. That's where you that's where you trap yourself and and you get yourself in a divided kind of intention. Like Mm -hmm. my intention was to move my hips. My goal was to hit a good golf shot. Wait a minute now. No, no. <laughs> sure. Your your goal was to see if you could move your hips while you're looking at the golf ball. Yeah. Or, you know, yeah. trying to keep your balance or trying to, you know, and that's where the student who has gone dark on me <laughs> was not was so unclear. You sure. know, no, he was going to try to go to the golf course and work this fix. Yeah. Even though he had a very slippery grip on it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he couldn't do it. With best.
0: the hope that he was going to be able to be successful and mm-hmm. hit in 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 a competitive round.
1: Yeah. You know, sure. yeah. that right, is right.
0: that yeah. is you know, some people say doing the same thing over and over again is the definition of insanity, you know, that doesn't work. But you tell me, that what that guy was trying <laughs> to do, that's insanity. Yeah. yeah. Um yeah, I mean this he
1: this author he works at david ledbetter's academy so he works with people who are like, trying to get better at golf so this isn't sometimes when people read things like this they're 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 dismissal dismissive of them of like oh well you know am i not supposed to try to get better or am i not supposed to work on on my swing and i that's not really really what he's saying he's more of just like approaching how you you know how you go about making these changes and then how you actually like um I i would guess most people's frustration with golf is not that they aren't good enough it's that they're probably good on the range or good in certain situations and not good in others i think there's some who you know there's always there's always some people you want to get better but i think for the most part people are decent if you gave if you gave most people just like a free driving range with no target to hit at and just swing away they'd actually be okay um yeah. Or at least better than they do on the course, right? I know it's kind of a fine, like... um And so he's just saying, like, when you have that that gap between between the driving range or between a certain course or a certain hole and other holes, like, that's more about your mind not being... You're not accessing the your muscle memory in the right way yeah. as opposed to you not being able to do it. I kind of... In the past, I kind of thought it was like, well, you're driving, you know... Let's just say your driving range game... Let's say if my driving range game is an 8 out of 10, then my course game is going to be a 5 out of 10, right? Mm-hmm. And so if I want my course game to get better, I have to make my driving range game better, mm-hmm. right? The yep. driving range to 10 out of 10, so I gets mm-hmm. the course game to a 7 mm-hmm. out of 10. Yep. But he's saying that's not actually how the brain works.
0: No, and I so- agree. I mean, I mean, I understand. And, and yeah, uh, there's, um, uh, when again, Brian Harmon, you know, was leading the Open yep. at Aaron Hills. Yep. Same way, yeah. Right. Yep. Yep. So, do you think he learned anything since Aaron Hills? <laughs> sure, I mean, sure. he learned exactly what yep. Yellen is talking yeah, about. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, all you had to do was watch him out there and say that wasn't the driving range. Right. I yeah. mean, because he's playing with the greatest golfers in the world, and mm-hmm. they're like six shots behind <laughs> no. him. Yeah. That's crazy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he just did. He miss any shots? No. Hardly. he, he yeah, did he, not yeah. and 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 being that far ahead,
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's hard, you, know, yeah. oh my gosh, i mean, you would have you would have bet a dime to a dollar that um you know, how many of those great athletes have you seen get into that spot and just it's like somebody walking uh, you know, yeah, they always fall back, they never kind of hold on to it, no, and so it's pretty cool that he did um yeah. yeah. Yeah, it really and and really, I mean, think about wh- think about how he did it. I yeah. mean, he he drains, he makes two bogeys, and then he makes two birdies, yeah. and drains, you know, putts to do it. Yeah. It wasn't like, oh, I hit the par five and two and two putts. No, no, no. He let himself into this place that Yellen is describing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just like Spieth did in in his prime, and was so accepting and so free yeah. that he just knocked him all right, right in the four and a quarter inch cup in the driving rain. Yeah, yeah. I mean it was. Uh, yeah, it's and, and I think you put it very well. You know, there is when the gap is is there between like in this circumstance i'm this much better than i am in this circumstance Mm -hmm. well then yeah you know and
1: yeah so i'm interested in like seeing how this can work in my you know in lessons meaning like how can you train people in on the lesson t to access their swing in a different you know a different way that maybe translates better to the course right it's easy to give it's you know with your guy your your guy's a good example. I I bet with what you told him, you know the guy who was going to the Glen Club. What you told him was actually probably working in the driving range setting. What right? Like he was hit, started hitting it pretty good, and it's like okay, now I got this. Now I'm going to go to the course with my new swing, new swing thought. But that's not really. It never really works like that. No. So
0: just for the same reasons yeah, that exactly. you're going through, yeah, absolutely right. Yep. Yeah. Um, oh. All right, Pete.
1: Well. I've got to run. Okay. This has been this has been a true privilege. So um, <laughs> thanks for inviting me. Thank again. you. Pete. Talk to everyone next time. Bye bye.
0: Before you get off the golf course today, you could have some moments that will change the course of your life.